Right, here we are, we're in a pub. Uh, you can probably hear the background music, so uh, again, more ambiance. Andrew and I, we're talking to Ed, one of the high priests of Regen Ag. We'll go into that in a little bit more when we get to the main body of the podcast. So uh, yeah, this is gonna be a lively one, uh, a nice um, nice debate, uh, not a mass debate, just uh, the three of us. But uh, yeah, be really weird. enjoy. <laughs> what a mass debate. <laughs> Why is that weird? Well, three blokes in the corner of a pub masturbating. Is, I never is, said masturbating, I said masturbate. Yeah, I know you did, but we all knew what you meant. We've listened enough to know what you meant. Donna is rolling her eyes right now. I can hear them now. <laughs> okay, join us in a sec. Here we go then. This is take... Five. Yeah, we got interrupted, but that's fine. We had some lovely food. So we're at the, where is it? Fox and Fox Hounds. Fox and Hounds in... Nottington. Nottington. I'll tell you what, recommend the food. Notting. Nottings. Nottington. Recommend the food. With the K. lovely. With the K, yeah. Silent K. Silent K. Nottington. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Anyway, enough of this drivel. Digress. We do. So, uh, yeah, we've got Ed Brown uh, at the uh, pointy end of Regen. He's like one of the high priests. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of him or seen him at a conference or wondered what agroecology is. Uh, and he's here right now, um, right in front of us. So he's going to quiz us. Uh, we're going to quiz him and we're going to be very quizzy at the end of it. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. But it's not even a word, is it's it? It's not even. No, 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 it is now. Quizzy. Everybody knows what it means. Yeah. Uh, so I've been fortunate enough to spend the day with Ed, um, one of his customers, and we've had a, a nice day. We've seen some some sheep grazing some some winter barley. We've looked at improvements to soil health. We've dug a few holes. We've seen a few earthworms. Uh, we've spoken about the organic manures. We've looked at uh, the way in which livestock benefit the arable system. Did you say cover um, crops? We did. We didn't see any cover crops, but cover crops is a big part of what was going on. Um, so yeah, really good day with Ed, and we've pinned him down, had some food, plied him with a pint of Cornish I'm ale. Wondering where this is going. And we're going <laughs> to ask him a few questions. <laughs> oh, okay, I feel happier <laughs> <God>. now. <laughs> so we'll hand over to Ed. I think Ed, you're best place to talk about you. Okay, thank you. Well, pleasure to be joining you. Um, yeah binge listen to your uh, previous episodes and uh, yeah looking forward to having a chat around uh, a few key key subjects um, brief briefly me um, so I studied at Harper Adams um, following that I took a job uh, as a potato agronomist in Shropshire learning what not to do to soil um, and then uh, joined Hutchinson's in 2015 and trained very much as a, as a conventional agronomist. So high input, high output. Um, yeah, as you'd expect from a, from a distribution agronomist, I guess. Um, and shortly thereafter started to look at soils and soil health because I saw a need for it and a, and a, and a a few of the farms I work with were beginning to see issues in their farming systems and their cropping because of um, lack of soil fertility, lack of organic matter, lack of soil structure. Um, and at the time I was, I was looking to win business, I was looking to, 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 to introduce myself to farmers, have a point of difference, um, and soil health seemed to be that thing. Um, Is that where you called yourself an agroecologist? No, this comes a little bit later. <laughs> okay. Um, Calm down. 
right. <laughs> I just find it fascinating. Yeah. So, but then if you if you really dive into soil health, it inevitably leads you to regenerative agriculture, which is where the 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 papers and the books on soil health became papers and books on well less papers more books um and youtube videos on on regenerative farming um and at that time both myself and my colleague and good friend ben taylor davis sort of fell into regen from different angles but at the same time and we sort of then went on this, this and he was at hutchinson he was Center? still at hutchinson yeah. at that point yeah was this um, pre Nuffield scholar? No, this was post. So was actually, yeah, so he'd come back. Ben had returned from yeah. Nuffield, uh, when, which he set out on his Nuffield to, to sort of look at blackgrass and quickly yeah. was st- quickly realised that a lot of the answers to blackgrass lay in soil health and regenerative farming principles. So yeah, I mean we we sort of both fell down the rabbit hole, um, encouraged each other along, learned a lot, tried a lot, and. Uh, Thank you. No, I think um, at that point we probably realised that what we were trying to do and what we needed to do, I, we personally, some of our farmers and I think the, the wider industry needed to do, was so, so far removed from what agronomy has become to be known as that we actually thought we need we need to start calling ourselves something differently, which is when we had some really interesting but, conversations but around. This is, but this, this kind of is one of my bugbears. But the skills you used were still agronomic skills. You must have based it upon your, your skill set. You, you didn't have to learn a completely new craft. You must have just tweaked the knowledge you've got. Um, kind of, I think. But actually, it's so much of what traditionally we would look, walk into a field or onto a farm and think yeah. about was entirely flipped on its head. So, you know, previously you would turn up on a farm, you go and walk around some fields, and you think, "What am I going to spray these crops with this week?" Yeah, because that's that was your job. That was an agronomist's job, and that yeah. doesn't matter who you work for, what how you, how you do it. That was kind of your job, um, and we very quickly realised that actually that's that's so far down the list of priorities is what are we going to spray it with this week um, that it the job almost looked entirely different and still to this day I think it looks it does look very different so that's where we kind of looked for a, a point of difference and yeah this music is making me want to pin you down <laughs> <laughs> so okay, I've, I've, I've brought my, I've brought my rape around it's alright I've got the loop <laughs> So, okay. so where? We, yeah, sorry. So, um, and and kind of one of the dangers of being friends with Ben is you get swept up in his enthusiasm and his crazy way that his mind works. Yeah. And about two weeks later, we came up with the the job title of bio agroecologist, which, if I take this conversation back to yeah. the title of your podcast, is one hundred percent bullshit. Um, <laughs> well, but, but we kind of did. In tribute and also in a piss take. Yeah, I mean it's quite quite a funny story that actually because I we, I got so swept up in the enthusiasm of this new job title that I actually ordered some new business cards without actually telling my employers that I was changing my job title, which didn't go down particularly well. I can imagine. Um, so yeah, that, that that's kind of how we reached so it was that point. Bio, agro. So um, I think we kind of got the 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 focus on bringing ecology yeah. back into agriculture which was yeah. where the agri-ecology bit and yeah. then I think the bio was we're looking at looking at it as a biological system yeah. so we then 
strung all those bits together. I mean, yeah. talking about it now, it is ridiculous. <laughs> but I can see it, the thinking behind the, it. The thinking behind it was really it was a it was a it was a marketing piece to a degree because mm. we thought, well, there's a real there's a real gap in the market for knowledge and help on farm. But did you think of this in the context of being in Hutchinson's or did you so did you see it as being an asset to Hutchinson's or I really shouldn't ask this or sort of like the next step for you or whatever. No I I can bleep this out if No it's, it's fine. In fact I think at that time I was aware that it would be really not a good thing for yeah. Hutchinson's or it might be perceived as not a good yeah. thing for Hutchinson's. So and that that was that was something that weighed weighed on my mind a bit at the time. Yeah. So yeah, the, I think the reason, the reasons and the thought process as to how we got to that job title were, were, were pretty, were, were good. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, what a well, load of nonsense. It is light-hearted in the, the title of the podcast, mm. but it's also in in honour as well as Carl yeah. said. It, you know, we can see the thinking behind it, and it's just expanding on that a little bit more. And like you say, it is, it is. A bullshit term, yeah. but you can understand the sort of principles behind it, which is kind of what we want to explore in in the podcast. Yeah. Well, it, and it kind of leads nicely into one of the notes I made. <laughs> oh crap! Which, here we go. Which, which is I'm you, hovering over the uh, <coughs> delete button. Now. <laughs> you've you've said on a few occasions that well, ag- agronomy is just agronomy, but it uh, is. That's it, me. I, it, what else can it be? But it, it really isn't. Because it, it, it is in the sense that you are. I mean, if you go, if you Google the word agronomist, I'm sure you have. I have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wish I had. If, actually, if you Google it in terms of images, I think something like twelve out of the first fifteen images are somebody in a field with a clipboard. So, and yeah. I don't own a I'm clipboard, go- so I'm I can't. Google I, I, you know can't be an, for your birthday. Can't be an agronomist, but uh, the actual definition of it mentions actually, nothing. Actually, do they go in a field? Don't they park by the gate and just <clears> look over? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One arm on the truck window yeah. and the clipboard <laughs> leant against the steering wheel. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to. You, get away you're from actually. Me. I'm googling it, and yeah. you're actually not wrong. Yeah. What does it say? There's a few check shirts, as Clarkson course, would be course, proud yeah. of. Um, yeah. People bending down with clipboards, standing in the middle of a field. Uh, yeah. You, you, you're not wrong. And and when you and you Google the actual definition, then it's. I can't remember the exact definition, but it's it's around soil management. Yeah, soil management in relation to crop production. Yeah, um, and where we've come to with the vast majority of agronomy that is delivered on farm, soil is actually rarely mentioned. It's, yeah, but it's that, purely about the bit above ground and what we can apply to it. But that's agronomy as a salesperson. Agronomy as a subject is is learning the principles of growing the crops, and then you know you, putting that into practice on farm. Yes. There's a difference between being um, an agronomist who sells products and an agronomist who wants the best for that farm. And I'm not saying that you don't want the best yeah. for that farm. But that, but I, I, I have, a, I have a problem with that too because actually some of the best agronomists. Uh, can be found in the independent sector and the distribution yeah. sector. No, I don't and some, deny it. some of the worst agronomists can be found in the independent sector, sector yeah. and the distribution mm. sector. So I think that doesn't really come into it. I think it's just the general way that the industry has gone, where it's reached, <clears throat> has lost sight a little bit of what it is that we should do or what we what the definition of our, our job is. But when you do basis, and I know there's other ways to approach agronomy, 
when you go in there, it's almost like they laughingly say, oh, you know, applying chemicals is the last thing you should do. Mm. Ha, ha, ha. Sort of, you know, don't want to prophylactically apply fertilizers and chemicals. Ha, 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 bollocks. And it's all about cultural control and all that bollocks. And you sweep over that and then it's right, okay, you apply this at that rate. Yeah. So I, I think that the knowledge is there. And I think that a lot of farmers have this knowledge from family experience that's been handed down. But I think managing a farm, and I could be completely wrong, a lot of the decisions have been handed over to agronomists. And I think that puts them in a vulnerable position, the, the farmer, in the sense that they've given over their the decision process. But I think agronomy, as pure agronomy, exists within farming and agriculture. And I think what's happened has, is it's just, yeah, we need those skills. We've got this title, Regenerative Agriculture. But a lot of it, you read these books in the 40s and whenever, and they're, they're telling us it's there. They're telling us it, mm. and it's just we've just come away from it. Yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm a soapbox. I, d- I think the, the the type of farming that I'm trying to implement and the type of agronomy that I practice are, are not new. Yeah. Once upon a time, they were agronomy and they were farming, mm. but we've kind of we have got we've had this big generation in the middle. Mm. Yeah. Where I, there, it has been something different. It hasn't looked the way we are now trying to make it look again. So I, d- I do think there is a difference in, in, in yeah, how it's been done. Point. You're wrong, but it's a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> we're encouraging people to challenge us, and then we're telling them that they're wrong. What the challenge? Fair go. They're wrong. He, he didn't convince you. <laughs> no, I, I, no I, I, see, I see your point. I see why you're wrong. And, I, you know, that's fine. It's You know, we can talk about this. Until the cows come home? Yeah. yeah. Not on... I don't, I don't actually think... We disagree. I no, we're, I don't. We're both, we both know what agronomy should be. Yeah, exactly. But what gets practised on farm isn't necessarily Absolutely. that version of yeah. agronomy. No, I, yeah. I agree with you. And that was, that. that was where our, our yeah. point of difference came in. Yeah. So bio-agro-eco-scientologists yeah. is okay. bullshit. Yeah. Is regenerative agriculture... Oh, such a hard question. And, and <laughs> having been somebody who's who's picked up the subject, run with it right to the far end, and absorbed—it's impossible to absorb every piece of information that's out there about it. But I've tried hard. You know, hundreds of yep. books, hundreds of YouTube videos, talking to hundreds of people about it, attending conferences, seminars, really, hosting conferences. Well, yeah. indeed, yeah. But really, really, <laughs> really got him on it. <laughs> Publicity. <laughs> thrown myself head first at it I probably reached a point where I couldn't see anything other than that mm. and, and regenerative agriculture was all I could think about, talk about, do that was the only way that there was a way forward for the farming industry now I've come back to a much more central position because yeah. I appreciate that yes that's all very nice but in the real world we've got to then try and implement that practically mm. in a way that suits a massive range of farming businesses yeah. and also try and make this a bit more palatable for people because yeah. when you put something in a in a box and you 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 make it really different you instantly turn people off yeah, yeah. Um, well this is sorry i don't mean to cut you off this is what i'm saying if you call it a regenerative agriculture you're implying and i, I want to develop this a little bit with you if you don't mind and you're coming nicely onto another one of my notes <laughs> oh it's crap. Perfect. Okay. so it's and i'll explain a little bit more in detail 
because this has been going around in my head at the moment. So if you call something regenerative agriculture, that means you, by implication, everything else is degenerative. Mm. Now, I've got this in my head, you've got this scale or this chart or line or whatever you want to call it, spectrum of um, agriculture, where you've got regenerative, you've got sustainable, you've got conventional, and almost you go down to catastrophic. So you think of like dust bowl and mm. prairies and things like that. Does regenerative fit anywhere along that line? So if you're if you're doing regenerative practices, but you're on a farm that's in a catastrophic situation, you're losing your soil, you've got no organic matter, you're just having to spray tons and tons of stuff on your land, uh, on your crops to get anything out of it. If you then start getting in, you know, sort of like cover crops and things like that, is that regenerative or are you just moving further away from being catastrophic? <laughs> and it's how do you measure what what regenerative is? Regenerative implies some kind of movement and it's movement away from something that's not generative or it's degenerative so that, that's kind of where yeah. I'm coming from so yeah. can anyone be regenerative or do they have to be in a set sort of like position to start with I think any, anybody can be regenerative in the way they farm but they don't have to call themselves that I don't think um, your, your, the point you've made previously is does that then mean everyone else it's is degenerative yeah it's a little I, bit I, flippant no no I, and, and I, I, I don't necessarily think it does because I mean, take a prime example of the farm we've been to today. Yeah. Um, the, the home farm. Is this farm. going to be good or bad? Should we name it? <laughs> That's a bit good. Okay. The, the, the home farm has been managed historically with a rotation of grass, maize, and occasionally a wheat crop. Yeah. Lots of muck going back in, ploughing quite a lot, yeah. um, but a really good mixed rotation, low input, um, and actually if you it's it's in a really good place you yeah. could describe it as sustainable yeah because you can continue to do those things because actually with the amount of manures going back in and grass in rotation actually the a bit of plowing hasn't been an issue yeah because they've been retaining organic matter and soil yeah. carbon and soil structure and all those things so it's lots of it ticks lots of the boxes that we're trying to tick mm. but it hasn't been labeled as anything no. so it's not degenerative it's not regenerative it probably is sustainable yeah um, so, so why just, do we need why hard. do we need this term then? I think we need the term because in a large proportion of cases we have reached a point where actually we do need to start regenerating soils. So we should we, be looking at the catastrophic farmers. I th that I, I think that's probably where it applies the most. I think catastrophic's a bit extreme. Well, <laughs> but, no, it's not. If you look but, at a dust bowl in, yeah, in yeah. the 30s, and the, that was catastrophic. Yeah, and, and, and we're, there must be some farms like that in, in the I, UK. I'm obviously not going to name names, but there are some farms or parts of estates that I work with that have come back in hand where you would say, this, the, this block of land is not far away from not really being able to yeah. produce much at all. So if it doesn't, cows if it doesn't rain for a fortnight, <laughs> it's knackered. Yeah. You know, if it rains too much, it's knackered. Yeah. If you don't put 300 kilos yeah. of nitrogen on it, it's knackered. Yeah. You know, we we have reached a point like that on some farms in the UK. Mm. I'm not suggesting that's widespread, yeah. but yeah. that is where you could realistically describe a system then, which aims to take that farm and get it to a point where it's it's improving soils it's improving the environment around it mm. it's it's becoming more resilient it's using less input that 
that is regenerating. So that, we that, should that ignore fire. all these bods in their tofu sandals and their hemp trousers that go to groundswell and have got loads of money and can afford to on their 12 acres of you know prime pasture we shouldn't be don't look at me like that <laughs> we, we shouldn't be concentrating on them then for the regen I, th- I think unfortunately it's been it's, it's a term that's been taken and run with and, and watered down massively from its original mm. intentions and its original meaning its original intentions and meaning are still very very valid yeah. and following the principles of of regenerative agriculture it still makes a lot of sense it still has real meaning and it still has real impact when you do it but if you took an overarching view of regenerative agriculture as it is today um, there is a there is a lot of bullshit unfortunately yeah. do you think we will ever get to a point with regenerative agriculture that we did with organic farming to the point where we can then accredit farms and classify them as a regenerative farm it would be nice if we could yeah um, but I, I'm struggling with it at the moment organic's easy because it's a case of it it, pay, it, it, it 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 deems that you are organic by not doing something yeah it's a very it's very black and white yeah you're not applying synthetic inputs yeah that's that's quite easy to not to using antibiotics to those things but then the gay boys they've got <laughs> you've got now? your gay boys with a B. Yeah. They've got their five principles. Mm. So could Six. you just... Oh, yeah, context. Yeah. Uh, you've got your five principles, so couldn't you say that's your accreditation scheme? You know, he's Possibly. Quite, yeah. yeah, possibly. But then there's so much detail and nuance to those five individual yeah. principles. There's then, two, then it's, really. They're, they're pretty much the same right through, aren't they? Just get cover crops and a cow... It's what it boils down to, isn't it? <laughs> it is. When you, when you well, look yeah, at it, I don't disagree with that completely. Soil armour, living get roots, yeah, well, cover crops, they're, yeah. all, they're all the same. So, yeah. Introduction of livestock and mintil. Uh, yeah. You could condense it down into three, potentially. Mm. Cover crops and crowd. Cover crops and... Co- oh, cover crops and cows. Cover co- cover... <laughs> for fuck's sake! <laughs> I'm wearing the teeth in for the dog. Cover crops and cows, as you quite rightly said. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I digress. I, I, it, it would solve a lot of the um, a lot of the, the, the problems around regen nag at the moment if we could if we could certify it. Um, but then, um, isn't but where's, it just where's the where's the ins- tractor scheme? Where's the incentive to do that? Well, who, supermarkets because it's marketing. Are they? This is or, or this is, is this just issue. another section of the shelf that next to organic, yeah. free from you know? Yeah, and then you've got you know, your regen. And yeah, because actually, if what no super- microbes were harmed making this lettuce. <laughs> this I, it's perhaps a cynical view, but it's it's a little bit like um, if 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 they see a sense in it, then why why would they not expect all of their supply chain to farm yeah. in that way? Yeah. yeah. So actually then you don't need... But for whose benefit is it? That's my issue, is I feel that large corporate supermarkets, for example, will they're the ones that benefit from regenerative agriculture. They're the ones that are selling the story. They're selling the produce. They're selling the hard labour of, of what farmers produce on farms. Rather than incentivizing farmers and saying, look, we've sold your regenerative pasture-fed beef at a premium, we're going to give you a bit more for it. 
they will instead turn around and go, if you do not farm this way, we won't buy your produce. So there isn't much of a benefit to the farm. There's no incentive from the farmer's point of view to farm regeneratively from these large corporates. Mm. And I think until that changes, we're still going to have the divide of some people dipping into it and others going, well, no, I still need to turn a profit. You know, conventional is a numbers game. The more animals I do, the quicker I get them gone, the more grain I feed, the more cake I feed, the, the better. And I think that's, that's my issue with regenerative is it's been used as a marketing term by large corporates that can benefit or at least maintain market share. The only farmers that are benefiting from it are the ones that are selling produce themselves directly. Like the farm we were at today, nice story, farm shop, brilliant. If he was to take his business model and sell to you know, the average supermarket, would the beef enterprise add up for him and well, be that, a profitable? Currently there would be no justification for them to give him any more money, so he'd be back mm. in the commodity market. Yeah. And arguably he is possibly producing that beef in a more resilient, lower input, therefore yeah. more profitable way, yeah. possibly. Yeah. Um, so that you know, he he might still be better off than some other commodity beef producers, um, but he's not going to he's not going to demand the same premium as he can as his own shop. No, no, <clears throat> definitely not. So when when have we generated or regenerated? When do we know we can stop regenerating and just be sustainable? Good question. Can you ever can you ever complete it? Well, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but it, you know, it's like. I, I always remember I was uh, I used to work for Unilever for Miss Innes and they had they had this was back in the nineties and they suddenly got into sustainable and they they really they really started tying themselves in knots trying to get like sustainable palm oil it's a nightmare because it's a commodity essentially yeah. all they can say is that well I don't want to get into because they'll sue me the bastards but. Essentially, they, they set up this sustainability, and there was this like head of sustainability. I said, Well, they can never sack you then, can they? It's because, yeah. by the very nature of it, it's old, like we finish sustainability. I, do, I think we finish regenerating when it is uh, the majority, not the minority. Okay, I think we've 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 we finish with that term when it becomes standard but practice, but then what? Well, sustainable then, then that's we like are, a step back well then, well then we are no because probably historically what sustainable has been is not the thing we want to sustain most yeah, uh, up till now point. we haven't Very really wanted to sustain what we're doing yeah. because sustainable it's sustainable 2.0 massive, massive flaws in it yeah. you know do we want to sustain raping the rainforest in order to yeah. produce soya to feed cattle and pigs no we don't that, so actually let's regenerate then we sustain but I think yeah. We we're done with regenerative when when it's when it's the majority of people practicing it. And actually, I stood up at our conference in November and said one of my biggest ambitions for the Hutchinson's Agroecology Service is that in five years' time there isn't one, yeah. because it's just the way you're going. It's just, this podcast. <laughs> quite, <laughs> it but, might be but then than but that. that's that's job done. But it, because because we would have reached a point when it's just called farming. Yeah, because it's because it's it, you know it's become okay. Well, actually, it makes sense for the environment. It makes sense for our pockets. It makes sense for the soil. It makes sense for profitability. So therefore, why are we all not just doing it? And I think we are reaching a point there. Um, but is we'll, is that? And my question is: Is that point being reached a bit quicker now because of the cost of inputs? So are people looking at okay? 
price of fertiliser jumped from £300 a tonne to £900 a tonne. I'm going to go regenerative this year. It's I not just not price, apply, it's availability. We're losing yeah. chemistry. So it's, it's when nitrogen becomes more available, when there's a new chemical available, do farmers go back to using that? Uh, some of them, yes. Because some of them are doing it yeah. as a short-term fix to a nitrogen price issue. Yeah. Um, those that do it, some some people might get into it that way, but then actually realise, do you know what? This makes good yeah. good, good mm. sense anyway, and they'll stay there. Mm. Others might bounce back. Um, I just I think the way the world's going, I don't think we're ever going to reach those glory days again of everything being cheap and, and available. Mm. No, I, I can't fine. see. So it. we we've. We seem to have agreed on a lot. Surprisingly. Yes. So you've got a list. It's not like you said it, Pete. No. Well, it's <laughs> a proper knob, isn't it? Not just a little, <laughs> not a little bit of a knob. It's a massive. You've got a list. Let's, let's, you challenge us. Okay, well, I'll go straight in with the, probably the, what I found to be the most challenging. Yeah. Is that, and I can't even remember which one of you it was, but we got to a, got to a point where where you suggested that consultants were unnecessary. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that, as you've just said, your aim for the agroecology department of Hutchinson's is that in five exist. years' time you no longer exist. Yeah, the, the department itself no longer exists, <laughs> but, but far, farming still exists, and a, yeah. and a requirement for a consultant and yeah. on farm still exists. Yeah, but I, I thought I'll raise it, give yeah. you the ch- you guys the chance to elaborate on what you meant, and then yeah, I and then absolutely. I can but the tear thing, you to pieces. How, how often? I mean, consultants. I, I keep harking back to sort of like the old days, the glory days. It was you knew your farm, you knew what worked, you knew what didn't work through just. And I'm not saying oh we've always done that, but it's we seem to consultancy is a twin-edged sword because. There's a mass of knowledge, a mass of, um, you know, you've got your NIABs, you've got your Rothamsteads, um, you've got um, the, um, what do you call it, the, um, the industries, Hutchinson's and Agri's and people like that. There's a mass of knowledge, there's a mass of research being done, but I, I honestly not sure it's in the benefit of the farmer. Everyone's protecting their own industry. If... If consultants didn't exist, farming would not stop tomorrow. If all of a sudden someone said, consultants, bunch of wankers, let's stop them, <laughs> farming wouldn't suddenly crumble. But you've you've nicely proven the point I was trying to make earlier. Well, I which, resent which, which, <laughs> which is that that is a problem as, as, as to where consultancy has ended up. Yeah. It's not really consultancy, it's, it's, it's sales for Ed, I'm getting sick of agreeing with you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and... and, and which is partly why I'm just so desperate to get away from the current model which is I I make so sure and I have a real sort of conscious effort and it's a massive part of what I do that is if I am not on farm delivering some form of value so otherwise yeah. you've saved, saved them a load of money or you've made them a load of money yeah. Yeah. then I have no right being there yeah. whereas before I got into this kind of way of doing things all I left them with was an invoice. It was yeah. a turn up. Yeah. Laurie arrives the next day. Yeah. That's I've, I've delivered yeah. no value. I've just delivered. But you're an not invoice. doing it out of the kindness of your heart. No, I'm not. I'm doing it. For, for, I'm doing. <laughs> I'm, I'm charging a fee, and I'm charging yeah. a good fee at that. Yeah. But it's because I can leave leave the farm with a, being a little bit better off 
through either knowledge or financially yeah. than when I arrived. And I if I'm not doing that, then it's time for me to go. So this is like on record. So if a farmer <laughs> says that that Ed Brown is he's fucked my farm up left, right, and centre. <laughs> if if like, that's the case, expecting... I probably won't be dealing with <laughs> yeah, him anymore. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's like... And next week on the podcast. <laughs> We have all events failures. And on yeah. that bombshell, no, no, no. yeah, no, that's I've forgotten what I was talking about. No, well, about. I, from my point of view, I think I, th- I think I remember saying this, and I think what I also said was that the majority of consultants are one book ahead, or one yeah. podcast ahead. Or, or yeah. one research paper that, ahead of where you currently are. You made that point in that podcast, which is a, yeah. which is a very good point. Yeah, I've I've amassed a knowledge that anybody can amass. Yeah, but yeah. what a consultant can do, and I think you maybe alluded to this, is that I have twenty five farms. Yeah. So I get twenty five opportunities yeah. more now in a year yeah. to try new things. Yeah. And every time one of those works or doesn't work, that's 25 amounts of experience yep. probably on four or five different crops or yep. four or five different soil types on each farm yep. so that you can so then... your clients are actually guinea pigs <laughs> in a way yeah so they're but, paying but they would, you they would say to that. increase yeah. your yeah. Oh, okay but we and we've learned it together and yeah, there's and and for the if you ask some of my my customers they would say that actually a large part of a large benefit well, of, having me, of having me there let's welcome <laughs> mr <laughs> no it is is um just a bit of a bit of teamwork yeah. and a bit of you know let's work together and have an educated guess as to yeah. what might work do it so how much do they on. charge you for this teamwork <laughs> Probably not as much they as they provide you cups of tea and the old yeah, yeah. bacon roll around yeah. the kitchen table. But but if yeah. the, sorry, the, I'm ultra cynical. I'm sorry. No, it's it's good to be cynical. Yeah. Um, I think, and that that's where the value comes for of a good yeah. consultant is that yeah. when somebody phones them and says, "Can you come and see me? I want to try this. I want to do that." They can bring with them all of that experience which they've amassed in one year that it might take that individual farmer to amass over several yeah. years and they yeah. and, and I can say to them okay on your soil type in this part of the country in your system then there is a high chance that that won't work or mm-hmm. there's a high chance yeah. that this will work so therefore you get rid of all those kind of failures for them yeah. and get them off onto a good footing much much quicker and I think we've reached a point on farms now where finances the economics of farming they've a lot of them have reached a point where it's like right this we need to change and we yeah. need to change quickly and it needs to work because otherwise yeah. you know we're, we're struggling and and hopefully you know with that amount of experience you can help them get through it without all the teething problems and the failures and so you're you i agree with that 100 percent agree with that and i think the consultant can play a really important role in turning a farming enterprise around in a relatively short period of time based on their previous experience. What happens when you've done a rotation with that farmer, say it's seven years for a half-decent varied rotation, they're happy, they're profitable, things are going well, does that farmer continue to work with a consultant or does he have you in less often? Yeah. That's, that's where I'm thinking. I'm, that's I'm, when the consultant has got a harder job to do. I'm already reaching the point with one or two clients where... Do you name them? Um, <laughs> no. But they, they'll know because we've already yeah. had the conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I'm, I'm beginning to think, you know, actually, I can see you once a fortnight or once a yeah. month now. Yeah. yeah. You're there. 
Yeah. You don't, you don't know. But that means it frees up my time to go and help someone else who needs it. Yeah. And I th- I, I'm quite relaxed about the fact that this, because if I reach a point where all of a sudden everybody I work with, I've helped to the point where they don't need me anymore, then <laughs> wow. Yeah. Massive accomplishment. Yeah. So Ticking a box. Got built, go and find another job. You've got built-in obsolescence. Yeah. Possibly, I don't know. Yeah. But what you know? Have if, you if, really thought this if through? I, if I really, if I really reach a point, and let's be yeah. honest, that's not going to happen for ten, no. to, ten no, to fifteen yeah. years. It, it won't happen. So you're, really, you're eking the knowledge out then? Just to... <laughs> no, no, no. I just think that there's, we're going through a period of transition in farming, and that's yeah. not going to be done overnight. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm I'm relaxed about the, that fact. If, if if I genuinely reach a point in my yeah. career where I've helped everyone, yeah. it's a ridiculous thing to say anyway. Yeah. Um, then on to the next thing. Which will be skateboarding, no, BMX biking, <laughs> prostitution <laughs> of myself. Trust me, <laughs> trust all, me all, you'll I know, starve. all I know is farming and I can't do anything else, so therefore, yeah. Yeah, you'll starve. See you on the street corner. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe not us. No, no. Um, no. So, no, I, I, yeah, I, cannot see, I cannot see the role of a good consultant no. going anywhere I, for, for quite some time. The I other, agree the other with thing that. we've not mentioned is the fact yeah. that. Not all farms and estates in this country are managed by uh, farmers in a pair of overalls and boots that are on the ground every day. No, no, absolutely. Um, And and uh, actually, over the last couple of years, I've got an increasing amount of people where I'm almost taking on a kind of a managerial role of that farm. So it's not just the agronomy and crop production part. So I'm guessing these people are from London, built the money in IT, brought a bit um, of land in the Cotswolds, realised that farming isn't just you dig shit up and put potatoes in and all of a sudden, you know, you're breaking it in. There are a few like that, obviously. Yeah. We, we know there are. Do you want to name them? Not particularly. <laughs> no, why I don't work in the Cotswolds, so... Uh, okay, fair enough. Leave that for them. But no, it, it could just be... It could just be, you know, a family estate that's part of a wider yeah. range of assets, and actually, their passion is not is not the agriculture part. It's yeah. it's an asset that they they need it to be running efficiently and smoothly and make make money. But actually, it isn't their passion. They they yeah. do yeah. commercial property or something else, and, and so therefore they need good people to be able to implement it for them. I get that. I get. Or that. you. <laughs> or me. Or settle for the average. Yeah. So, coming back to the the, the point that you raised in that you think a a consultant is needed. I agree with everything you've said, but I would still say that the point stands that a farm, after a period of time, will have less need for you, assuming that farm manager, owner is heavily involved, is up and running, the need for you becomes less. That doesn't mean to say that you're not going to be needed somewhere else, but that farm, the need is reduced. Yeah. So I'm right. We're both right. <laughs> no. It's so thing. boring, isn't it? Yeah, no, we want controversy, don't we? We do. Uh, uh, let's see oh, what else I've got. Let's, let's, okay. Next, next right, point. What's <sighs> well, we, t- we touched on this earlier, didn't we, Andrew? Regen Ag doesn't require inputs. Yeah. So I don't think we're necessarily going to fall well, out. Well, this is what the gay no. boys say. <laughs> what does Gabe Brown say? He says, oh, what do plants need? They need water. They need carbon dioxide and nitrogen. Sunlight. Or sunlight. Yeah, I think that's a really nice, fluffy, dreamy way of putting it. But actually, we're trying to produce crops oh, I think to, feed, to feed people. Ed Brown disses. Yeah. <laughs> Gabe, oh, 
in, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. in yeah. essence, they're right. Cousins. Cousins, yeah. They, they, they are right. That technically is all a, a plant needs to survive. Yeah. Mm. And a bit of rhizophagy. Or rhizophagy. Yeah, yeah. rhizophagy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but actually, we're not just wanting a plant to survive. We're wanting it to thrive and try and push it to produce a yield, to produce food for people. Growing, we have a growing population that's going to peak at around 10 billion. Yeah, yeah, and well, would it be better? You, you've mentioned before about the waste and the, the distribution and the poverty issue, which is why we have food shortages. Yeah. yeah, but that doesn't mean we suddenly actually, if we solved all that, we can just produce one ton a hectare of wheat. We still need to produce a fair amount of food. I, I yeah. agree. So, um, yeah, but then can we, can we ever, can you see us ever getting to a point where? the fertility that we have on farm, i.e. organic manures, for example, the introduction of livestock, legume cover crops, those sorts of things, could provide enough fertility to do the lion's share of the work with just a very small input on top to go from, instead of a four or five tonne wheat yield, to just push it to a seven or eight and be in a really sort of sustainable place where you're not having a negative effect on soil biology, pollution issues, carbon footprinting. In an ecosystem, in a naturally equilibrating ecosystem, the resource will define the population. Yeah. Yeah. We're completely out of step with that now. So I reckon with GM and this CRISPR technology, we should introduce contraceptive genes (laughs) into crops so that the long term is the population actually settles down to the point where we can actually maintain the population with the fertility. Wasn't and the that, there was a, a Dan Brown, going to keep him with the surname Brown, yeah. book, he wrote The Da Vinci Code, oh, yeah. that was on, that virus there was a virus yeah. released that basically made yeah. 50% People, of the males yeah, sterile infer- yeah. to control the population. Sounds strangely familiar. <laughs> Recent times, not the fertility, fertility drop viruses, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. being released. Well, I always yeah. go back to oh, rabbits. Oh, controversial! I always go back to I rabbits. I know you do. Yeah, the judge just, told we've, you we've, you've got to stop. I think that. the human race has just had its first dose of mixing. Well, actually, it yeah. hasn't because we've had we've had um, black plague, plague yeah. and all, that all of those good stuff. stuff Herpes, past, but, yeah. syphilis was big F. in the Tudor time. God, we've gone down a rabbit hole here. But I think there's something in that. I think that the rabbit population is maintained by the introduction of diseases which controls the population the population gets too high they all die from disease back to a steady it goes in cycles is the human race gonna come into that cycle at some point in the future well, if we don't to. blow it's, each other up it's resource management it's, it's, mm. it's but the thing is it's like he's saying oh we've got to feed all these millions of people it's it's almost like giving us excuses to pile loads of chemicals well, it has it has been yeah what was the um, hashtag feed the nation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucking hate yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Because it's just like, well, we're all, we're all as farmers, mm. heroes, well, wearing yeah. red capes, and how dare yeah. you ever doubt what we do yeah. because we're putting yeah. food on your plate. Yeah. Well, actually, no. <laughs> you, are, you are putting food on your plate, but at but a what massive cost. cost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we're, so we're agreeing again. Managing a population is beyond my pay grade, I'm afraid, but at the yeah. moment, there is a population to feed, and I think yeah. actually to feed it, we probably will need a few inputs, but we can get a lot better at using them. Yeah. We can use far less of them. We can use them in better ways. Yeah. Um, alternative inputs. So, Name so, a few. 
yeah, alternative inputs. Yeah. yeah, so not not necessarily naming specific products, but what what sort of uh, well, inputs uh, would you would you consider as being environmentally uh, sort of sustainable long term? Really easy one. Take yeah. forty kilos of soil applied in and put it through your leaf as ten kilos. Yeah, I like his thinking. Yeah. That's that. That's a, a nice, easy way of doing it. Yeah. So um, increasing the nutrient use efficiency of st- your nitrogen yeah. inputs without having the negative effect on soil biology. Yep. Or increasing leaching, although that's debatable in regards to. Oh yeah, went through this. Yeah. So this this is one of the things we found with a bit of uh, research. It ties in with what Ben Hunt was saying. Sorry, a bit, little bit of a digression. If you reduce your granular salt-based fertilizer to the soil if you reduce that you're actually improving the microbiome so you're getting better microbiology so you're actually mineralizing more nitrogen from your organic matter so if you reduce your fertilizer we've actually found you get more leaching over and it's like yeah it's a bit of a catch-22. You want to reduce your inputs, so you either leach it right at the front end or you leach it at the, hence cover crops. Yeah, but but then I think through sort of careful crop management and rotation to make sure that you're actually utilising that, yeah, that, 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 that um, nitrogen that the soil's producing should hopefully keep that in balance. Yeah. First, for, I think Ben had a really good example of that. They were finding that this kind of permanent pasture on some chalky soils which hadn't been farmed touched and had anything done to it for years yeah. was was leaching nitrogen mm. um, and they were all going how on earth is that possible because um, it's not had a it's not yeah. had a, an animal on it yeah. it's not had a bit of fertilizer on it for years so i yeah. think actually what had happened is that it developed such a healthy microbiome yeah and a deep root system that it was generating its own nitrogen and of course because it wasn't necessarily being utilised it was leaching yeah. um, so stick a wheat crop in it and use it mop it up but we forget that <laughs> all of these things so is that regenerated too much? yeah but that would be nature That's, yeah. and this is the point is we need leaching the water the, 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 the living organisms way. within the sea also need nitrogen they don't need as much as what they've possibly been getting, but they still need nitrogen. You know, the fish contains proteins, proteins contain nitrogen. There is a requirement for nitrogen. Okay, a lot of it's coming from algae and seaweed, yeah. so that, that sort of ecology within the sea starts at the bottom, works their way up. There's but one. there Li- is still li- need. Liquid fish, another alternative fish. input. Fish hydrolysate. Protein and amino acids really good amino acid profile nitrogen in the form that the plant actually wants it so then we've got to kill all the fish well no it's a a (laughs) byproduct of us eating fish I'm being devil's advocate no 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 no, no. I I completely agree Um, I'm just trying to be I'm trying to create some friction what we're saying so all these things that you're saying are things that how can I say this without sounding a a privileged middle aged white man it's what poor people do in poor countries. Yeah, but it's also what our great-grandfathers did in the so UK. poor people <laughs> in poor countries. I'm sure there were a few gentlemen farmers a hundred years ago as well. Yeah, no, I'm but sure it's, there it's, They did things because it was the resource they had available to them at the time, and they utilised it 
recycled it yeah. far more effectively than what we do today. It's easier to buy in a bag of ammonium nitrate than it is to recycle a load of fish offal and use it as a fish hydrolysate. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. it was it was the convenience of you know the, these inputs, chemicals, synthetic fertilizers that made us move away from the traditional practices which were labor intensive um, but quite effective I would suggest yeah okay good shall we leave it at that and and do another one do another one okay this is end of part one um, it's not a commercial break uh, we don't get paid for that sort of shit so <laughs> uh, we're gonna stop now we're gonna finish our drinks and then probably start part two so ta -ra. <laughs> <laughs>